0: A specter is haunting the internet listeners. The specter of getting cancelled. Academy-infused psychobabbling mobs and tech company woke branding RealPolitik have entered into an unholy alliance to slander and silence anyone who finds themselves even momentarily on the wrong side of history. But is getting cancelled really so bad? What if it's actually a blessing in disguise? What if it's the way of the future? Yasmin Mansouri of That Intimate Feeling writes, No one is immune to the wrath of Identity Politics Police, TM. You can devote a lifetime to the causes, but even a minor slip into the offensive territory would warrant swift and eternal condemnation. Your colleagues will not defend you, and your friends will fear the same fate. Every day I'm more convinced that this is a blessing in disguise. Better to be cancelled and just be done with the charade altogether. Remove the muzzle, join the land of the living. Hang on to what little sanity there is left to be found. Well, if the fear of cancellation is more than anything else a fear of isolation, then maybe it's better to get cancelled together. Joining me shortly to take the cancel pill with me is Yasmin herself, so stay tuned and keep in mind.
1: They win by making you think you're
0: alone. Remember? There's more of us. Hello and welcome to Schizotopia. Here to get canceled with me today is Yasmin Mansouri from That Intimate Feeling. Yasmin, how are you?
1: I'm ready to get canceled.
0: Great. Ready to take the canceled pill. I think we should start off just by asking uh, what would your definition of getting canceled be?
1: So I think canceling is generally just an attempt to deplatform, publicly shame, and intentionally or even indirectly result in some sort of real world consequences like losing your job your friends and i don't think all cancelings are made equal and some people seem to absorb the blows and grow even stronger to you know some sort of final form but i think those cases are generally exceptional so also i was thinking about this i think there's a distinction that we can make between two different types of cancellations i think there are cancellations that engender disgust. And I think those are the ones that it's possible to recover from. So, disgust would be sharing anything kind of inappropriate, like an inappropriate opinion or feeling, but nothing that is so beyond the pale that you can't come back from it. Because those would be the cancellations that engender rage. And I think those are the ones that have a sense of finality. So, you've fundamentally breach some sort of major societal contract child abuse rape something like that where there's just no coming back from it Mm. yeah
0: that would be so that would be kind of like you know uh i think everyone would agree that uh bill cosby is unconditionally canceled right yes but where, where this gets controversial is that um, there's people who are, uh, quote unquote, being canceled for things that are far less egregious than uh, uh, rape or child abuse or anything like that. Right. When, when it becomes controversial is when it's people being canceled for opinions. Yes. And then I think the other thing that, uh, that gets talked about a lot anyway is that there's this sort of like retroactive cancellation where it's maybe people who, you know, within the course of 10 or 20 years, because the, you know, the political climate changes so quickly now, that they said something in the recent past that has already become a big faux pas or become some kind of new, new taboo. There's some new dedicated group of people that's going to be um, upset with you.
1: Yeah. And there's actually an example of this from a few years ago. There was a gentleman who raised close to a million dollars for some sort of charitable cause. And it got a lot of attention. So this um, do-gooder reporter took it upon themselves to scour through the uh, recesses of that person's Twitter. And they found something that the person said like 10 years ago that, you know, was offensive and they brought it to light and the person became very controversial and then the person who raised all the money ended up losing their job and then when people found out that the reporter went out of their way to find those old tweets there was a backlash against the reporter and the reporter themselves also ended up losing their job but I feel like that's
0: <laughs> yeah, double <it> was- <laughs> double canceled
1: it was a Double cancel if, yeah
0: wait if they if, if they cancel each other, do they both get uncancelled there's got to be some loophole clause there, right, like a
1: double
0: to... <laughs> a, a double cancel negates the original cancel, right
1: so they would have to team up in that scenario. Have you seen Chicago where the two can 't remember their names they're like these like jailbirds, and they're pitted against each other in the beginning, and then in the end, they realize that if they team up and have a double act together, they make a lot more money. They would have to do something like that, like emerge like a phoenix from the ashes. And I don't know, maybe, maybe that would be in their favor.
0: No, but that sounds great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so my point being that I think that's kind of from a bygone era, though, that there would be some sort of backlash against someone who's scouring that deep into someone's past to find something offensive. It seems now that that's completely acceptable.
0: That's the norm now. Just stalk somebody's, uh, just lurk somebody's social media until you find something that you, you can hit them with. Yes. Because this is what I, I'm trying to figure out is that is that is cancel culture going to become the norm? Or is cancel culture itself going to be canceled? And everyone's going to get canceled? pilled?
1: I don't I don't do a lot in the uh, I'm not really in the prediction game too much because I hate being wrong about things. <laughs> so I try to take a step back from that. But I. I don't think that Everyone, I don't think the cancel game will be canceled so soon. I think the only way that there's going to be any sort of successful backlash, because there's been attempts from the right wing to counter it, you know, you had people like Milo Yiannopoulos, who kind of branded himself as an incendiary and yes. as the antithesis to SJW campus culture, that sort of thing. The reason that I think that that failed is because when you brand yourself as someone who is contrarian, then you have to oppose everything that Mm. happens. Otherwise your audience isn't interested because they expect you to be perpetually outraged at whatever the other side comes out with. So I think that becomes uninteresting and you lose a certain amount of nuance that prevents you from having a certain amount of mass appeal. And you have to be really careful that you don't make any mistakes because you have put a huge target on your back. And so I think that there's a ceiling.
0: I just wanted to give you my, my take on Milo, which is that I think that his only real mistake was that he blinked. I think that that was the problem, is that he finally said something that was a little bit too offensive. And what's interesting to me about that is that the group that actually went after him was called Young Republicans... Young something, it was, like a, it was like a Zoomer Reaganite group, if you can believe such a thing exists. Oh. <laughs> it, was like, it was like young Reaganites who want to go back to the party of Reagan, who oh don't like, God. it's like anti MAGA, anti kind of Breitbart, you know, new right conservatism, who went after Milo for this, for, for the comments he made, I'm pretty sure it's on Joe Rogan, about how he used to have sex with his priest or something like that. And yeah. I think the only, the only mistake that he made was apologizing. He had that's, that. That would that should have been his moment um, where he broke with Breitbart and where he said, "No, I am uncancelable. I will never apologize for anything I say, no matter how outrageous." Because once he came out, I don't, I don't know if you saw the press conference that he did when he when he got in trouble when he when he I think he left Breitbart. You know, he looks kind of sad and pathetic, and he's apologizing. And he's basically doing the thing that he promised he would never do. And to me, that's like that's when his when his brand was destroyed. I think right. that actually he would have been fine if he refused to apologize.
1: Yeah, because you ride the wave. And yeah, I guess with blinking, he didn't do that. I didn't know actually that that was the final, uh, that that was the thing that broke him. So here's the other thing with all of the attempts, I think that have been made by the right wing or by anyone to be uncancelable or to fight cancel culture is that it's kind of been a lone effort And if we think about the fundamental psychology of what's happening with cancel culture, it's, this is not a new phenomenon. Cancel culture has existed in the form of public shaming for as long as humans have had civilizations. And even prior to that. So it really just comes down to the notion of rejection in group and out group. And rejection is one of those emotions and one of those fears that is so deeply rooted in the human psyche that it's pretty much a part of our limbic system. There's been theories that people who are drug addicts, the way that drug addiction even happens is that you've suffered some sort of fundamental trauma in your childhood that had to do with rejection. And you're somehow, it's a maladaptive coping mechanism for you to take up drugs and then find absolution. What's happening is we're giving some of our most ancient instincts, very contemporary tools of asserting themselves. And what happens with that is when you see someone who is on a lone mission to fight against idpol, then no matter how salient the points they're making, if they're on their own, there is still a fear that if you were to join that person, you would have to be doing it on your own. Cause there's, you know, a certain amount of mm-hmm. distance. But like you don't know this person personally. So if you start,
0: and no one wants to get canceled by association either. So no right. people are going to be reluctant to stick up for you, right?
1: Exactly. Is there anything more lame than getting canceled <laughs> by association? Like, dear God, at least do something interesting yourself. Yeah. So I think what it's going to take is some sort of collective to emerge together and to be cool. Honestly, like, I think a lot of this comes down to the cool factor. I can't think of a single person who has railed against this sort of thing who has genuinely been cool. Because Milo, <laughs> Milo's cringe and he's try hard. Um, who else is there? Ann Coulter is not cool by any stretch of the imagination there's this youtuber she's like 14 but they took her off the platform because i think she was going to show up at the youtube ceo's house or something i can't remember (laughs) there was some sort of controversy but like she drops really like she's openly anti-semitic all of this stuff and she has like a little bit of a cult following i think she had close to a million subscribers before they took her off the platform or something like that and I would say that she has a bit of a cool factor, but she's also like 15 years old, so.
0: Yeah, but then there's people, I mean, like Kevin Hart, for example, who he got in trouble for some homophobic tweets. And so he could no longer host, um, what was it? The Oscars? The Oscars. Yeah, yeah, he got canceled from the Oscars because he, of, uh, of some gay jokes he did, you know, 10 years before or something like that on Twitter. And I, I guess I, I, I wonder if there's a limit to um, cancel culture where it's just like, once you have one generation of people whose entire adolescence is online somewhere yeah. in the annals of the internet, and everyone has at least committed one cancelable offense, then it just starts to not ma- You know, it, it, it seems like people will eventually have to stop caring. And I also wonder if it just becomes a matter of self-interest. At a certain point, everyone will know that they have at least said one bad thing on the internet that could get them in trouble if they ever are in the spotlight
1: but I, I also feel I see what you're saying and I think that's definitely an important point but I think the fact that people get canceled at different junctures in their life might protect cancel culture in that sense and I also think that there are people who the Ted Cruz types who are like nine years old and they know that they want to go into politics and then so they start like censoring themselves from age nine.
0: Oh no these, I hadn't even it, considered that
1: yeah. So there's a lot of busybodies out there who are going to see the writing on the wall and they're going to know how to play the game. And usually these kids are type A and so they'll have a vested interest in keeping this going because they know that they, unlike the vast majority of the rest of people have insulated themselves from any of those dangers. So don't, don't discount the busybodies of the world because <laughs> they're the oh, ones fuck. who, yeah, yeah. Dude. The
0: people where it's going to be like, it's going to be like, you know, you keep a clean driving record so that you don't have to pay more insurance you keep a super squeaky clean social media record from the time you're fucking 12
1: right so that
0: you'll, you'll never have to uh, pay the cancel tax oh no yeah. i can't believe, i hadn't even considered that because uh, my whole my yeah my whole way of thinking is that well look eventually we'll all be canceled and then that will cancel cancel culture that's been kind of my take like it's only a matter of time before this bubble bursts. but i didn't realize there could be these little like um uh, cancel pre- uh, can- how how would I put it? Cancel preneurs. Cancel yeah. <laughs> where you just like all I have to do is is n- stay one hundred percent squeaky clean on all my social media, and then I'll have this huge advantage over everybody else in the future. Right. I'm glad that I'm not enough of a sociopath to have been able to put that together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> Yeah, I also can't resist temptation enough to be able to do that. Uh, the urge to be offensive is just completely overpowers any other desire that I may have for any future gain. So it was a wash for me from the start.
0: Well, then, kind of, uh, kind of, to springboard off of Milo, I just wonder also if canceling people and being self righteous and calling people out is sort of a way to get clout um, on the internet then maybe what I like to call cancel baiting can be a way to, get, uh, to, to gain clout and gain followers. I think Milo would definitely be an example of someone who did a lot of cancel baiting for a long time until it finally caught up with them. Um, but I could see there being left-wing versions of this emerging. I also just think that a lot of things that I see posted, even by some celebrities, I call it cancel baiting. And I don't know if it's intentional or if it's some unconscious desire to be destroyed by a mob. <laughs> um i'm not i'm not completely convinced but i i, I can see that becoming a, a a thing as well
1: do you have any examples of that because i none come to mind immediately my
0: my so my favorite recent example of cancel baiting would be uh terry cruz uh, oh yeah
1: Last tweeting week. about
0: well you know what I, I can't remember the exact tweet but it was something like uh, oh we're uh, not
1: superior like all lives right, matter, but we're not better than yeah, he well, said I'll
0: something yeah, it was something like uh, anti-racism without the help of white people is black supremacy. It was something weird like that.
1: Okay, so here, Jamie, pull that up. Um, oh God, what did he say? Okay, hold on a second. His tweet—he's like trying to flood his own Twitter so that it gets buried. Ah, okay. So he said, "Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: equality is the truth, like it or not, we're all in this together. Oof.
0: I think that's, I think that is such a, it's one of those things. It's such a neutral thing to say that I don't think it's even worth getting upset about or talking about it too much. But that's the, that, this is another interesting aspect of cancel culture. In my opinion is that if you uh, even trying to be neutral or trying to um, come up with some, moderate or or pragmatic answer to a problem even that is going to be considered offensive and taboo
1: people have been getting fired for tweets that they've liked not even tweets that they've written but people going through their likes yeah and so it's yeah it's reached it's gotten pretty bad
0: i guess i guess my and for me it's like i have i've posted so much bullshit. On my, you know, twenty plus years on the internet, I've posted so much bullshit, and ironically liked so many different things, and yeah. said so many different things, and and posted things that were just like complete trolling. That, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I do, I do have a dog in this fight because I'm one hundred percent, you know, pre-cancelled. It's all there.
1: Yeah. Same. Um,
0: so if there's not exactly, so if there's not, if there's not like. If you're telling me in the future, it's going to be the squeaky clean A-types who um, have this huge advantage over everybody else. I have no, you know, we, the cancel, will have nothing to lose but our cancellation.
1: I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm hoping that the cool factor will save me. And uh, the cool factor being the girls want to be here, the boys want to be here. If people want to emulate you, then you've really insulated yourself from a lot of blowback. So like, just be cool and you can say whatever you want. (laughs) That's going to be my policy. (sighs) Um, Uh,
0: Well, on that subject though, I want to talk about the ghost of problematic past and just something, something you can bring up from your past uh, sometime that you were, uh, almost cancelled, cancelled, banned, got in trouble for, got kicked off a uh, any service, anything like that
1: so I've had a few of those, but I think uh the most interesting one was when I was sexy Isis for Halloween uh, twice and and
0: uh, not the goddess
1: <laughs> oh no, no, not not the goddess the the uh the new caliphate
0: <laughs> <laughs> not the Egyptian goddess
1: right yeah, no.
0: but in fact, the terrorist organization, all right
1: yes. And yeah, that's an important clarification, because I'm sure people go as sexy Isis the goddess.
0: It would be fun if you pissed off like one small group of like neo Egyptian pagans or like some Hoteps (laughs) or something. They're like, how dare you disrespect our goddess?
1: (laughs) All twelve of them.
0: Yeah, there's like ten Hoteps on the internet who were mad at you for dressing up like sexy Isis.
1: (laughs) Um, so but yeah, I was sexy Isis for Halloween, and. I did it to piss off a lot of like drunk white i was in university at the time and i just did it to piss off a lot of drunk white kids at house parties and i was fairly successful but i it was canceled baiting too i have to say because my logic was (laughs) that (laughs) yeah no kidding right go figure Um, because my logic was that if isis is targeting Shiites and especially Iranians then as a Persian, I'm entitled to mock them on a level that is maybe one of the most offensive to them, which is like kind of I guess like i don't know
0: Be- being a woman walking around in public
1: yes, that and <laughs> <Does> it, <laughs> that, that did, alone didn't,
0: didn't take much to get permanently cancelled in <laughs> uh, the caliphate, so
1: no <laughs> um. But then it ended up being like some sort of really diluted version of like female running around a church to crusade against child abuse because you're not necessarily accomplishing anything. And like, they don't really care.
0: I mean, I think yours is cooler if if it makes you feel better.
1: Yes. Thank God. not canceled. And so the way that I wanted to treat it was, maybe the equivalent of an Armenian dressing up as a Turk and making them look really, really stupid and being like, yeah, but I can do this because they killed my people and also like fuck Turks.
0: Well, so. and then, but then that's also funny because there'd probably be a bunch of liberal white people who'd get mad because they don't know the difference between an Armenian and a Turk and they don't know anything about that history. And right. it's probably and I, probably the same. Very few Americans could tell you the difference between Sunni and Shia.
1: Yeah, and I was hoping that that would happen so that I could... <laughs> so that i could shoot back with well actually (laughs) and so i got my
0: (laughs) you were just uh, hoping someone would try to get real woke on you
1: yeah and they did i got kicked out of a few house parties but not before making some points and making some people look really stupid so you know i got my rocks off it was a six i went a sexy isis again the next halloween in fact it was such a successful mission that i was like i need to experience this again (laughs) And it was a better costume the second time around, I put more thought into it. Yeah, so that was, I would say that's definitely something that maybe I could have been canceled over or there was attempts, but you know.
0: One of the weirdest experiences of my entire life that actually left me uh, speechless truly speechless, I did not know what to say, was uh, we were talking about As I Lay Dying, the novel by William Faulkner in a literature class I was taking. And I was just talking about how the book is a metaphor for the decay of the South. And these basically, you know, like underclass, the the white underclass um, and the white southerner kind of contending with the um, destruction of his culture and his way of life. Um, And these two Asian students in the class told me that I was stereotyping um, white people and that I, I shouldn't do that. And I just, I like, I was truly speechless. I didn't, I thought that they were joking at first. And uh, I, you know, I realized that they were dead serious and that this was like some, some weird twisted wokeness in their minds that me talking about the destruction of the South, and people, like, white people being sad about it or something is somehow me being bigoted towards other white people. I still can't wrap my head Oh, my like,
1: God. Yeah. I it was the it. one
0: of the weirdest thing. It was, like, terminal Berkeley brain.
1: <laughs> Did anyone respond? Was there just, like, a dead silence in that room? And
0: There was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of confusion. And I just, like, <laughs>
1: it's
0: also funny because, you know, you could almost... You, you could almost get the idea that if I'm talking about the destruction of the South that I'm I'm mourning the destruction of the South or something like that, which I, you know, if anything, I would expect people to get mad about that. But that's not the line. That's not the line that these guys were were taking. They were saying that I was like stereotyping the South oh as God. dumb rednecks. And I'm just like, I don't understand how you can read this book and not see that that's clearly what the mess, I mean, whatever. It's just, it's the, the, the point is, it's like people, again, and this is why I think that you're going to, But why cancel culture will eventually cancel itself is because you it's like you're strip mining whatever you can get you've you've gone through every possible thing to be offended about. And you've looped back around where you're telling um, some random white dude that he can't stereotype other white people or something like that. I don't I just don't see how that how that type of thinking is possibly um, sustainable.
1: Yeah, you're probably it, right. It, it
0: turns into self-parody so often that I just like, it It just seems impossible that that's going to be, it, things are going to stay that way. But no, the class stayed mostly, mostly quiet. I think everybody was confused and nobody knew what to say. What are you going to do? You're going to tell two Asian students that it is okay for some white dude to stereotype other white people? Because it's oh, not, no. like, I don't, what, I mean, it just... I, I, you know, I use the phrase uh, "brain origami. I think we're living in the age of brain origami. This is the kind of brain origami that you get yourself into, um, and you can only fold a, a piece of paper so many times, I guess
1: Jesus, yeah, at the, yeah, I would just make a joke in that scenario. I don't even know what I would do, but yeah that's that's an impossible situation. yeah,
0: yeah I, I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about uh, ghost of woke past. Is there any time where you got woke on somebody um, and now you kind of regret it, you feel kind of silly now that the years have gone by? So
1: incidentally, my ghost of woke past is also the same as my ghost of problematic past in that I think what I did with the Sexy Isis costume is, while I don't necessarily regret it, I think that it was kind of a cringe way of trying to make that point. And uh, I think I was trying to one up them by exposing the inherent shortcomings of their arguments and then being more justified in my outrage than them and so <laughs> it's it, like that's not fun for anybody at right
0: point. i mean you're definitely setting people up yeah uh, sure. and they're and i know it's like in their mind they're doing the right thing um they're they're trying to be be tolerant of middle eastern people or muslim people um, and you're intentionally throwing a wrench in that. Um, yeah. I, I still say it's completely deserved, but I, I could see that. I think mine, the one that I cringe about the most is that I, I got into an argument with my ex-girlfriend once because she told me that she liked being catcalled Oh. this was many years ago and she told me oh, she's like she's like i don't care she's like i don't care what these feminists say i like being cat called it makes me feel sexy you know they, they've never you know none of these guys who ever uh cat call me they never do anything bad to me they, they're just paying me a compliment and i just right. kind of said well maybe but i kind of think that dudes do that to impress other dudes more than anything else um i still think that But I ended up like, you know, really trying to insist, really trying to convince her that it was, it was a great wrong. It was a great evil that she She should never take something like this as a compliment. And I just, it's, (laughs) it's one of these things, again, you get these paradoxical things where I'm trying to do like some male feminist thing by condescending to um, my girlfriend and telling her that she shouldn't enjoy catcalling. And there's really no, there's no, um, there's no good way for that argument to go. It's probably better just to avoid it entirely. But I just right. couldn't help myself, right? I thought that what she was saying was so, but um, I thought that what she was saying was inconceivable.
1: So the thing with catcalling too, if I can just comment on that, I see where she's Please. coming from. Catcalling so often starts as a girl when you're like 12 years old hmm. that it's really difficult to. S- It's difficult to bury the memory of being like a 12-year-old child and then having dudes in vans or like cars like slow down and like say really, really crude things to you because then there's just like a continuation of that thread as you get older. Mm -hmm. So they sometimes become interwoven, those experiences. So I'm surprised that she, maybe she wasn't catcalled as a 13-year-old and I was just like a way sexier 13-year-old. But um, (laughs) that's... (laughs) that's important yeah so but I, but like i can see where she's coming from i think i'll appreciate it when i'm older when it's less expected
0: right and i think it's you know it's like uh stories that i've heard is that you know women will get cat called and then if they don't respond or they respond negatively then men will get violent that sort of thing and apparently she just never experienced that she just had the best uh cat calling record ever
1: right i mean i haven't just... experienced that either
0: it was just only, it was just only, um, it was just only uh, compliments, quote unquote, and it was, uh, uh, otherwise it was fine. I guess that, <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess it's just, it's it's good luck. I also wanted to ask, you said you don't like predicting the future, but I love trying to predict the future. I'm, I'm very curious to know, I'm very curious to get my finger on the pulse of what will be. What's considered normal or okay today that will be considered completely verboten or cancelable possibly in the near future?
1: So I have like a, I have a, maybe like a meta-analysis for this and that I don't think that a specific, I think specific viewpoints will be cancelable. It's harder for me to suss out which ones those will be, but I think staying silent on any really important issue will be grounds for cancellation like you kind of see that emerging now with the whole white silence is violence thing and i have friends who because they didn't want to comment on the protests and everything like that for fear of a misstep they haven't signed on to twitter and they haven't tweeted or liked anything since all of this started because they're worried that their lack of a response if they're talking about other things and not and blatantly not talking about this thing will be grounds for some sort of like future blowback. And I think that's a, um, I definitely think that might be something where the social pressure will be so great to comment on whatever social issue of the day is that the absence of commentary will be grounds for cancellation.
0: I guess now we inevitably have to talk about Jordan Peterson <laughs> and the idea of con- of compelled speech, because what you just described is a form of, of compelled speech. Is it not?
1: I, I guess so. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you, if there's just immense, okay, maybe there's no uh, official state institution that, that can force you to speak, but there's just a big enough online mob that can force you to come out and make, you know, these kind of Soviet-esque declarations of, of loyalty. That seems like compelled speech to me. And it also seems like trying to cancel neutrality is going to, to me, that seems like that gets us much closer to the cancellation of cancel culture.
1: Right. That's like accelerated.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How mean you're going to cancel millions of people who didn't say anything.
1: Right. Well, I mean, but also if you think about who's most prone or most vulnerable to getting canceled, it's usually people who are in the culture industry somehow. So these are people that are making commentary about things all day long anyway. So um, an absence of commentary from them is a lot more noticeable than it is from, I don't know, Fred the electrician who... I don't know what Fred does. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what I guess he, right, I guess
0: it's anybody anybody who is tangential to any kind of um uh public life is, is yeah. going to ha- be forced to say something. I guess that makes yeah, that makes more sense than just anybody anybody who says nothing. It's not it's not the plumber who's going to get in trouble. It's the um uh college professor or something who 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 didn't speak up. But I mm-hmm. think and this is my cuckoo cra- this is my cuckoo crazy prediction. Let's have that, it. Um, <laughs> that if this starts to happen I feel like then we'll know for certain that the world really has lost its mind. And that is that there's um, there is this new subculture of people who identify as animals. Um, there's people who identify as wolves.
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I've seen videos.
0: This is the first thing I'm 32. This is the first thing that has actually made me feel like an old man because it's not like, there haven't been new, uh, new countercultures and new social movements that uh, I didn't like. But this is the first one that I just fully do not understand. I can't wrap my head around it. <laughs> and that's when you know you're getting older, when you cannot even begin to conceive of how this thing is cool to young people. And I see people wearing wolf tails and wolf ears and this whole like animal kin thing, which right now it's, it's a joke. It's relatively marginal as our as furries, that sort of thing. But if that actually becomes a new movement, a new identity that demands that it gets its stripe on the gay flag and demands that um, it gets public and legal recognition and people actually get canceled because they don't want to call somebody wolfkin. And here's the thing, I know that sounds totally nuts, but so would a lot of the things that people are getting Yeah oh no them. it's you completely know, just 10 years a possibility
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah no you're absolutely right i can i'm picturing it in my mind right now like this whole evolution of this becoming an acceptable identity
0: and it, this yeah. is it, it's funny cuz now i i sound and i know that i sound a little bit like you know how some conservatives sounded 10 or 20 years ago i remember like I think it was bill o'reilly or he was Tucker Carlson saying like, "Oh well, if they legalize gay marriage, then what stops me from marrying a turtle?" And I was like, "Well, that's you know ridiculous. No one's ever going to advocate for turtle marriage." But I never could have conceived of a world where people would say, "Well, I sexually identify as a turtle." I sexually yeah, sl- identify as a wolf. You know, like whatever.
1: The slippery slope fallacy is not so much fallacious, maybe as we thought. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely people who feel that way, even about the way. Um, a lot of the gay rights stuff is gone. Okay, I'm veering into like controversial territory. Uh, so you might want to like- Welcome
0: to the problematic zone. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so people who said that, okay, but the gays said that we just like want to be accepted and we want to have the same rights as you. We're not going to shove it in your face. We're not going to make it appealing to children and like bring them into the fold somehow. But then now you have kids like, what's his face? the amazing that like 11 or 12 years old it's Devin the
0: amazing the drag kid yes yeah
1: and he is gesturing to snorting ketamine on yeah. camera with this like grown man and it's the absolute worst nightmare of every single person who reluctantly however many years ago was like well okay like we can sympathize with you so it's fine and, and saying and- yeah
0: and I and I, I do want to say this though is that that's also the absolute worst nightmare for most gay men in America, because their entire movement was trying to say, look, we're not pedophiles. That's not it's not fair to label us. As, it used to be that gay and pedophile were synonymous, or considered synonymous, and that's the thing that they that the gay rights movement had to fight against and say, no, we're we're, we're normal people just like you, other than that um we like people of the same gender that does not make us uh, pedophiles pretty far from it and so when you when you have stuff like that like that is the worst nightmare for the older generation of gays right and so i i and and then at the same and what's also interesting to me is that i would call that a form of cancel baiting too there seems to be this weird desire on um on some of the amongst some of the younger uh Whatever you want to call them, leftists, scws where I, I think they have some weird desire to get uh, ostracized, and they'll keep pushing the envelope until they get ostracized, because that's how, because in, in their minds, that's how you get vindicated, right? That's how you Do proved you... yourself as a as a true revolutionary or, or whatever, whatever it is that they, what, what, whatever it is they're aiming towards,
1: right? And then you've won the oppression Olympics because whatever thing it is that you're pushing is one of the few remaining things that isn't widely accepted, therefore you're oppressed.
0: Yeah, I have to keep poking the bear until it finally bites me.
1: Right, oh. Wow.
0: Which, even, which even pointing that out is probably a cancelable uh, uh, offense. Because <laughs> I wanna get into what, my, what, what is currently um, my most problematic view, I think, which is that I cannot for the life of me see what J.K. Rowling said that was actually wrong.
1: Yes, I actually agree with you on that. Because I, really I
0: feel like I feel like I'm literally going insane because I read that tweet, the supposedly transphobic tweet 10 or 20 times, like trying to see even even from the perspective of somebody who was, um, I don't know, to 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 uh, still on the extreme left, trying to see what the what the issue was. She's saying that biological sex still exists and we should at least be willing to consider it. Yeah. I mean, am I? what am I missing? What What is incorrect about that? Even from like a hard left perspective, what is incorrect about that? Saying that gender exists at all? Is that now completely verboten?
1: So I, I think it has almost reached that point. I know that in some like women's health clinics, you don't mark yourself off as being a woman, but as someone like a uterus haver. So like uterus dash haver. So there's definitely a whittling down and like a deconstruction of what it means to be a woman and like gender writ large. So, so yeah, I think, I think that is problematic. And, but I think with JK Rowling, she also came out with a statement fairly recently explaining all of this. And she really laid out her opinion and how it was and how she came to it. And she was really thorough and I thought it was great. Like, I wasn't even angry with her to begin with, but I thought that would vindicate her. But it just canceled her more. It completely blew up in her face, and maybe she expected that to happen. But I was really surprised at the amount of backlash that she got from that, too. I, I
0: read I, I read through that as well. Um, it just seemed like, again, she's just belaboring this really obvious point that there is biological gender, and acknowledging yeah. that doesn't mean that you hate trans people. And then the thing where, uh, again, this becomes confusing or even nonsensical to me is that well then isn't if if you're saying biological gender doesn't exist at all well then isn't anyone who is saying that they're transferring from one gender to another or that they are non-binary aren't those people even still implying that gender exists
1: that's the thing that's the that's where i reach that's where i hit a wall where i like i don't understand the logic of it because you have to you have to consider two things at once that are completely in opposition to one another they're contradicting ideas so i i I don't know how to do it maybe i'm not smart enough or like enlightened and i just i can't do it either i don't know what to tell you
0: i i had a good friend of mine uh, and someone who i respect quite a bit um who told me that uh they felt that what rowling had said was just straightforward and obviously transphobic and again i just i i literally (laughs) don't i literally don't see it (laughs) <laughs> i, I 'm I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude um, in, in, in saying that i 'm saying I literally don't understand w- what the actual issue is, and to me it's this thing where' it's, it's not about what you're actually saying anymore it's that even the act of disagreeing slightly or having some nuanced view about something is you uh dog whistling or you, yeah you, you, you ha you, you're playing some type of four uh, d chess. Where this is the opening, yeah. this is the opening play for some greater um, uh, fascist master plan. Because now it's not, it's not about what you've actually said. It's that what you've, it's what you've said could possibly imply. What's yeah. the absolute worst faith take of what you said, and that's what you're going to be judged by.
1: Right, and I think there's something that's very classist in that too, in that because you don't have a anti-racism certificate and you're up to date on the most unproblematic language slash unproblematic viewpoint you are somehow in danger of, of being canceled just because you don't understand something and you don't know where the pulse is in terms of or like yeah it's long
0: where- yeah i mean absolutely and it's long been my view that what most of so-called intersectionality actually is, is it's just um, a game of hide the trust fund for wealthy liberals.
1: Yes, I would agree it, with you.
0: It, it's, it's I don't want to talk about the fact that I am definitely a rich kid. Um, so I'm going to talk about any other abstract identity um, that, that that I can. And if, if I don't have one, if I'm insufficiently of color, um, I'll either lie about it, like Elizabeth Warren, or now i can just say that i'm queer i can go on living a life that's 99.9% heterosexual <laughs> yeah. but, but but i'm queer and that entitles me to this uh to this special perspective
1: yeah i know so many people who are doing that now and it just it just garners like a long sigh from me at this point cuz i'm like but yeah i don't know I, I don't have a lot to say about that cuz <laughs> oh, i think you do <laughs> Yeah I, I know too many people doing that right now to <laughs> speak
0: I just th- th- what what yeah. what what drives me nuts is this is that I don't people identifying as queer or saying that they have um you know an a non a slightly non-hetero um a, a orientation or identity in and of itself doesn't bother me what bothers me is that it's the same people who get blue in the face uh mad about cultural appropriation and it just seems to me like pretending to be gay or adopting all these things from gay culture um, but then also getting mad about white people with dreadlocks seems deeply hypocritical to me.
1: That's an interesting discrepancy there. I hadn't thought about that but yeah there really I, is.
0: I know so many straight women who their culture now is just gay male culture. That's it. They yeah. love they love um, uh, you know, like drag race and going to gay pride and and, and all this stuff and again i'm not saying there's anything in and of itself wrong with that it's just that again the, the same people who are who who get so mad about so called cultural appropriation why is it okay to just kind of treat gay culture as your playground
1: because at the end of the day none of these things really make any sense it.
0: <laughs> none of it makes any sense and that's the thing yeah. that's the funny thing about ideology it works better if it doesn't make sense fuck <laughs> <laughs> It works better if it doesn't. If it makes too much sense, then it can be debated, right? right. <laughs> but if it if it if if it, if it's got that uh, that uh, you know whatever whatever you want, it's it's got that uh, spark of the irrational, I guess I would right. say. That Genest
1: so d- quoi? Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that au revoir of of total irrationality. Then it's actually stronger.
1: That's so depressing. It's it's so like if only you knew how bad things really are it's like this is what it's come to i um
0: i had a uh i have a a a running idea that i've had on this podcast so far of having a cryptocurrency based on all emotional labor performed on the internet
1: Oh my, <laughs> oh my God! And
0: I've been I've been talking to people. A couple of my guests, I've I've discussed it with them. And, you know, how is it even possible to create such a thing? What would it mean? So on and so forth. I don't know if this is real, but I saw a post that you know was claiming to be real a few days ago about some sort of um, cryptocurrency, so that you could be held accountable or basically pay for your um, your your sins. Your, or your, your, your uh, offensive speech or something like that. What? It was some kind of like, it was like cancel coin, basically. Oh my it was God. like some kind of thing where you could pay back, pay back for who, you know, pay back the people you offended. And the thing is, is that might just be satire. I, I, I often have a hard time telling the difference, but we know that there's this, you know, obviously there's a, there's a, a, a narrative or an idea around, Uh, emotional labor and you know uh you should venmo me if you're uh uh, white or something like that this stuff has you know is in the ether so it's not inconceivable that such a thing is real which would mean that my my um i should admit my idea for an an emotional labor-based currency was a joke i was kidding but now within just a few short weeks i'm seeing that that something like that could actually exist
1: that's actually something that i'm in total support of as someone who does and unbelievable amount of unpaid quote-unquote emotional labor as it's being defined now i just call it being like nice to people in my dms <laughs> um i i feel like i'm entitled to massive amounts of reparations and i haven't wanted to hop on any identity or social justice causes until until this very moment because <laughs> emotional labor reparations is something that i can get behind Truly. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of us out there who are suffering in silence <laughs> who would agree with that.
0: I so but my thing is that just how do you quantify emotional labor then? Because my plan was that it would some it would record everything that you did or the more you you allowed uh, of your daily life and Internet interactions to be recorded or put onto the Internet. Um, obviously, the more uh, the, the more uh, the, the higher the dividend that you would get back. And I also also have a theory that maybe the more involved your behavior is, is probably more pro-social and then could technically be more um, considered more valuable. But that's not necessarily true. I guess there's lots of trolls who have very antisocial behavior that's that's, um, just as involved.
1: Right. Well, it could also be who it is that you're providing that emotional labor for. So I think if I'm providing emotional labor for like a very disenfranchised group of people right now, and they're more disenfranchised than another group of people, then maybe that entitles me to like some greater sum of money. And there's like a hierarchy of disenfranchisement.
0: The other thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of getting into, getting a little bit more into the future, which is always um, of interest to me, but we have now emerging the deep fakes. The ability to, you know, put a somewhat realistic, um, to to make hyper-realistic fakes of people's voices, of people's likeliness, you could possibly make scandalous videos uh out of anybody anybody who's ever had their their image recorded or put on the internet and i do wonder if if something like that if if in the future everyone could make a realistic video of anybody doing something or saying something horrible could that be the end of cancel culture where it's just like nobody no one can possibly know what's real anyway
1: yeah i think at that point unless they made some way they made it possible to distinguish whether something was a deep fake or not in some way, which I don't see how they would.
0: Um, I, I, I've seen some stuff about that where you could, you could technically put a filter on things that can detect for signs of um, Photoshop or editing. But then even right. then, there's probably a way you could get around that.
1: Right. There, someone's always going to be beating up the next thing. And then
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless they come up with a way of being able to distinguish once and for all between the two, then I think that's a really good point. I, I don't see why you would continue to barter with that system if you can make absolutely anything up. But I, I still think there's a lot of value in in that right now that hasn't yet been exploited to its full capacity. Like I know Cambridge Analytica, when they get involved with uh campaigns in a lot of foreign countries, like I know they've done stuff with like I think it was Bangladesh or something like that, that they work with deep fake stuff and some of their campaign ads, and they'll just, they're extremely blatant with how they utilize this kind of technology. So I think mm. it's still got a lot of potential.
0: Well, the, uh, the other thing is, is that, um, conversely, uh, it could just be that in the future, even when you do get caught doing something, you can just say, oh, that was a deep fake. Like right. the, whole, the whole pussy grabbing video, Trump could just be like, oh, that, that's, that's obviously a fake. We all know that that, that, that has to be a deep fake. I would never oh. say that. They oh, just God. manipulated my voice. So even if he did really say it, even if he did really do something horrible, um, there's still enough deniability just because some form of deep fakes exists.
1: Oh, you know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. This is like when Prince Andrew was being interviewed and they showed him that picture of him with one of those Epstein girls. And he was like, oh, this picture is doctored and it's clearly not a doctored photo but he's staring her down as if to like challenge her like really do you want to push back on the fact that i'm saying this is a doctored photo like we're going to argue about whether or not it's a real photo or not because but then how you're can you know right right
0: people the are really that... good at photoshop i don't know
1: yeah but it's I mean... a, but it's a real photo <laughs> that's also the thing yeah how do you
0: know it's cuz that's this is where it turns into complete paranoia is you know it's like well all right if if any asshole (laughs) if any little asshole shit poster can make a pretty convincing fake on his you know iMac or something (laughs) it's all busted iMac if any if any asshole you know can make can do can do photoshop from their own home what kind of computers or photoshop might intelligence agencies have
1: the best, the Thanks, very best,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. This is the th- this is the thing where now we're getting into full blown conspiracy territory. But you Fuck know there yeah. are <laughs> there there are people who call themselves no planers. Have you ever heard of this? No. People who say that oh, there are no
1: planes. No planes at the, world- the twin
0: towers. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that they were God. they were both shot with missiles, and that <laughs> those recordings of the airplanes are just um, are, are photoshopped. They're fake.
1: So everyone like all of the found footage. The, all those people are in all it.
0: planted yeah that's all planted and that's the that that's the thing is is um i have talked about before on here it's like when your entire life is mediated through a screen it makes yeah. sense on some level that you start looking at everything as being um scripted or televised in a way
1: right
0: i can so understand where I that comes from. yeah like, exactly yeah. because so many things are <laughs> yeah it makes more sense to think about reality in as being some kind of um, uh, movie or TV show. I understand where that thinking comes from. I think I share it, sharing it in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, so do I. Isn't that also a reference to hypernormalization or something mm-hmm. like that? Right. Yeah,
0: definitely. When the when the simulation when when the you're right when the simulation of reality is more real than reality, that's that's reality. Yeah. Uh, what would it take to get double canceled i guess we kind of already talked about this y- if you do something really really horrible that absolutely no one would defend so i feel like bill cosby but then i'm also hesitant to even call that being canceled being yeah. convicted of like a heinous crime is not the same <laughs> as being, right. is not the same as being um uh ostracized for having for 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 saying something offensive right, right. so i i am wondering it's like what what right now would you have to say where you could get denounced by both the, the left and the right. I guess maybe if you're like pro, see, I was going to say, if you say something that's like pro-Islamic terrorism, but then there's enough people on the left who would probably defend,
1: defend you. Defend you, yeah. Yeah,
0: even if what you said was like really, really egregious.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Even yeah. if you like wrote a paper saying that, um, you know, ISIS is a form of decolonization or something like that, there would Th- be people no to written. defend you.
1: yeah Yeah, that definitely exists um yeah i don't i don't know that you can offend both in one fell swoop i'm sure there is a way but i can't really think of one because the the urge to be contrarian is so great now and people are so polarized that people might like you said if someone comes out supporting like islamic terrorism then somebody would take it upon themselves to support them on some sort of ideological basis just because they disagree with the rest of their politics.
0: Yeah, because what I'm trying to think about is that there was that, um, I can't remember what the group was called now, but there are people who sent in the ridiculous like, oh, yeah. justice research papers to all these different yeah. journals to see what would get through. And <laughs> there are things that argue for, you know, things that, that are absurd, like- Queering plants. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. But not things that are like, in and of themselves egregious. I'm thinking like if you could write a paper saying that, you know, you know Stalin was Stalin queered the Soviet union <laughs> and like the, the starvations of Ukrainians were some form of uh, like decolonization of anti-Russian Supremacy, something like something weird like that something where you're actually arguing something egregious i'm also wondering what could you bait the right with in in a similar way like could you write a paper you know saying that um darwinism and secret zionism or something like that but that's just that's just they, like boring yeah. anti-semitism yeah
1: right and they probably yeah they, that might not even piss them off even
0: i guess the one i guess the biggest one is that i don't i don't think it's like very many left-wing people who get into the whole flat Earth tunnel. No, because I mean, I talk to a lot of—I um, shouldn't say a lot. I talk to some actual flat Earthers, flat flat-earth- actual
1: ones. Yeah, like well, real. Oh, whoa, they
0: well, exist. but I mean, and this is the issue, though, is that when you watch like flat Earth YouTube videos, and you're saying like, okay, um, it's called pose law, where you you literally cannot tell the difference between the parody of something and what the actual sincere expression of that thing would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because some of these some of these arguments are so absurd that you you have to believe in a conspiracy so big to make that the, the flat earth thing work that it I, I don't see how anyone could accept it. Because once you accept flat earth, you're basically living in the Truman Show, which yeah. to me would mean that anyone who's advocating for flat earth then would be targeted by that system pretty easily. Which system? The, the whatever system is keeping us on a flat earth i mean they're like a lot of these conspiracy <laughs> theories are all about masonry and nasa um all being the same organization and it's like well then why don't they just kill you right i mean if they're really keeping it a secret that we live in a tiny bubble that was created by god presumably or 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 some other force it just seems like it would not be easy it would not be hard to get rid of you
1: yeah especially because it usually is accompanied by like lizard people or or reptilians or something like that so they can just like shapeshift into something deadly and then take you out and then you can't make youtube (laughs) videos anymore with like i don't know slideshows with pictures of the earth that you say don't exist they think that there's like a few well actually there's so many disparate views within the flat earth community that you can't even account for all of them but some of I th- them are Really funny.
0: <laughs> I just think that with like a, a lot of the conspiracy culture stuff is that this is another way. You know, once you once you have a once you have a political discourse that's so hyper polarized, it's kind of like a, a, an attempt to escape from that is going to lead a lot of people into these conspiracy uh, communities.
1: Yeah, because they find refuge there. Yeah.
0: Because I myself feel, this is my tinfoil take, is that I, I do feel like the political polarization isn't just a natural consequence of our political discourse or culture. I think it's, it has to be intentional on some level. Yeah. Like people at Fox News and MSNBC know that being as polarizing as possible boosts their ratings. And it's, to me, it's not, it's not too different than how somebody like Alex Jones talks about the imminent collapse of the world and then has a bunch of advertisements for survivalist gear on his show. Right. Like you get get hyped up for some future apocalypse or some imminent apocalypse, and then you're more likely to buy into whatever it is they want to sell you.
1: Yeah, because then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy too, because everyone Mm -hmm. is just so amped for this thing to go down. It's like when COVID was becoming really big, the first thing that was sold out of stores other than toilet paper was ammunition and like all of the gun stores were you know wiped clean like what what are we expecting to happen that everyone is stocking up on guns like what kind of apocalyptic scenario do we think is so imminent that when there's a virus the first thing that we think to do is to do that and i don't have anything against guns like i think whatever they're great et cetera. Et cetera but
0: uh but yeah. gun laws are pretty strict in canada though right
1: yeah and they just got a little bit more strict because of the psyop of a shooting. I think it's a psyop. And <laughs> <Okay>. I <know.
0: laughs> Do tell, do tell.
1: So there was this dude who was super, um, super obsessed with the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They're our equivalent of the feds. So they're like our FBI, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. And he was really, really obsessed with them. And he got into some sort of skerfuffle with his wife. And he used to restore old, police cruisers. He was just really obsessed with police culture in general. And then he went on some sort of major rampage and he shot a few people. So yeah, that happened. And it was, I think, the largest shooting in Canadian history. And from the beginning, the details of the shooting were both vague and questionable. And then like a week later, Justin Trudeau, or like a couple of weeks later, Justin Trudeau came out with some new legislation about uh, tightening gun control laws, even though the guns that he had were technically illegal. So punishing people who hold legal licenses or legal firearms was completely nonsensical. And they passed legislation that banned over 1,500 different types of firearms, including a variety of semi-automatic rifles whose capacities are limited to five cartridges. So we don't even know what kind of guns he used because they didn't release that information to us. And they said that because the investigation was ongoing that they couldn't release that information. But for all we know, he wasn't even using those types of guns and the whole thing happened like very very conveniently and now it's become harder to get guns so yeah there's de- like it's become harder in canada to answer your question it's become harder in canada to get guns since that happened
0: well huh so i thought i didn't i didn't realize that um you there was so much private gun ownership in canada at all
1: i am yeah i mean we've got guns in in, in our house my dad oh. has a few he's got like a his hunting license and stuff all right. I forgot this detail. Hold on. I forgot this detail. This is important. So the reason that it's even more conspiracy ish is that he either it was like $475,000 was deposited into his account or yeah. Or was withdrawn from his account. And this was an obscene amount of money for like a veritably unemployed rural dude to have like with it it just didn't make sense that someone with his life would be able to even have that sum of money let alone withdraw it or deposit it in one go i should look up the details of that And this this is
0: one of those things where it doesn't like regardless of what actually did or didn't happen when when the government is trying to pass laws about um or trying to pass legislation based on a case uh, of which the details aren't even publicly known yet. That's just in and of itself is shady.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like huh. the Canadian government clearly can't pull off an effective PSYOP because when the Daily Mail is calling it a PSYOP and saying that he was an undercover RCMP agent because he withdrew 475 in one go, like three days before the shooting, then yeah, you really fucked up.
0: But that's when, but that's see, that's when I start thinking, but then is is, is it making it psy-op. is yeah, is it calling it a PSYOP and making it look like a PSYOP part of the Psyop? <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. These are the rabbit holes that I go down like every single day with something different. And then it just gets to a point where I'm like, ah, and that's then what? I just have to walk away.
0: Yeah. Well welcome to schizo There you go.
1: This yeah. This is your
0: brain on memes. But the, I do want to say this about Trudeau real quick, though, because what, what drives me nuts is that um, he is a good example of the hypocrisy of cancel culture. Because to yeah. me, there should have been no coming back from the blackface. The shit.
1: blackface thing.
0: And what it, it almost makes me it, it, it's funny because what makes me angry is, is that if you really believe in all this uh, wokey sensitivity shit, that's at least uh, that's at least a sincerely held belief. But when it shows itself to not even be a sincerely held belief, that's when it becomes truly infuriating in my Yeah, because, because you're ripping
1: your... lives arbitrarily, essentially.
0: There is no way yeah. that <laughs> – there is no way – that somebody like Donald Trump, for example, could have gotten away with blackface. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine the fucking meltdown if there if if pictures oh uh, emerge of Donald Trump in blackface? Like, I at- can't even begin to wrap my mind around. And then he
1: said, and then for him to say, "Oh, I don't even know how many times I did it." So like, it's like <laughs> an untold amount of times that he's been in blackface that he can't this- even keep
0: track. <laughs> I mean, some of the 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 one the video of him, I think, at a fair or carnival or something like that, to me is so damaging that I I really thought that he was. Gonna have to resign, especially after all the shit that he had said in the past. I thought it was over for him. For, so for him to get reelected, and maybe you can—I uh, I don't remember. It was by a thin margin, but he—he still—he—he he, he got reelected by a a sizable amount, right? Like he didn't lose. They didn't lose their majority, did they?
1: Um, I actually, I was in the States last year when the elections were going on and I've substituted any interest in Canadian politics with American politics from like, when I was like 13 years old. So I really, I honestly like couldn't tell you. It's actually quite embarrassing. Um, <laughs> wow. No, I don't think he does have a majority. I think it's a minority government right now. Actually, hold on. I want to be okay. sure about this though. Yeah, it wasn't a majority government. It was a minority government
0: um all right never well never never mind still he
1: was still re-elected so
0: yeah in any case he he um it it wasn't a deal breaker i uh i'm still shocked by that um i want to talk about taking the cancel pill (laughs) getting canceled pilled and and what that would actually mean because it seems to me uh there's just going to have to be a movement of people who decide, if, if the canceled form a supermajority, then no one can get canceled anymore. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm curious what the, what's that what what that's going to look like because I think that we could start some kind of cult, and I mean you and I specifically, we could start some <laughs> kind of cult where you join you join the cancel gram, you join the <laughs> cancel gram, uh, and once we get once we get a majority of North America, or maybe just a plurality of North America, once we get however many million people, we just, instead of having like a black square that you repost, we just come up with the most offensive image possible. <laughs> and everybody reposts that and gets canceled. And like, that- oh, Like yeah, a Jonestown just, thing. Uh, where ex- we just... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a gigantic a gigantic Jonestown of, of uh, cancellation. I feel like that is the- only way
1: that sounds really fun actually that sounds like one of those like transcendental like spiritual moments that you experience every once in a while where you're like oh it would be, the new,
0: not... <laughs> it would be yeah. the new reformation it would be the new reformation everyone everyone um what's that line in uh, true detective we all we all hold hands and walk into one final midnight
1: <laughs> i've never seen true detective but yeah that sounds like what that, that would be
0: uh first season i can't recommend enough
1: yeah, that's what I've been told. Second, uh, Is it the second season that's like... A...
0: Se- second season was kind of one of these things where um, it, it was so bad that only a smart person could make it. <laughs>
1: this,
0: this is a tangent, but the second season, it, it, it has so many characters and so many subplots. And the problem is, is that so much happens off screen and has to be told to you in dialogue um, wow. and, and, and all this like, you know, like weird exposition that your brain literally can't keep up. You know, I'm somebody who I think watches things pretty, pretty closely. And if I have to go and look up Wikipedia summaries to know what the fuck is going on in your show, I think that you've you've overstuffed it. So I don't I don't actually hate uh, second season as much as a lot of people do. I think it's it's got a lot of interesting ideas, Um, but it's just it's executed very, very poorly.
1: Right. They made Um, you work too hard to the point of you're not even working hard for it. Yeah, just, I, not
0: I, even there. I I want to watch the detective. I don't want to be the detective. That kind of thing. <laughs> third season, though, when he came back, you could tell that, he, that they had decided to reel it in a lot because third season, it's not as good as first season, but it is very good. And it has a lot of interesting ideas. And it's, it's, very, it's much more straightforward, focuses on uh, one main character. Doesn't do anything too crazy, but does, does a really good job nonetheless. Not oh,
1: cool. I have to watch the first season. I feel like it's just one of those imperatives.
0: I've watched so it. I've watched a couple times. Some, there's a couple episodes specifically that are like some of my favorite TV ever.
1: Oh, wow. Huge Which episodes
0: fan. Are, yeah. <laughs> Huge fan. Huge fan. Um, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to oh, okay. Anything.
1: I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
0: If, if you, um, if you want to come back and talk about true detective after you watch it, I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I, I know you've posted about cancel pill. This was actually the last thing that I, I, I wanted to talk about was um, what, what, do you, what, what would your concept of being cancel pill be? What does it mean to take the cancel pill? Um, what, what could we do to get out of our current hell world?
1: So my dream of a free and fair society is one where I can use the word fag without getting into any trouble. So when I talk about the cancel pill, I'm just making a reference to me getting to say fag without experiencing any sort of like con- like negative consequences from it. Um,
0: okay, well... More we'll,
1: seriously, yeah.
0: Well, well, fuck it, because this is something that I see happening that I feel like might mark us as old fogies in the future, is that I noticed that a lot of the younger generation and a lot of like SoundCloud rappers of either who are non-black or even white, are getting a lot looser with the N-word. Oh, right, yes. And I keep keep wondering, like, I have, you know, I have a lot of uh, uh, white cousins and extended family who I see using using the N-word on social media. And I always immediately look at the comments to see if they get in trouble for it. And I'm surprised to find that they don't. Now, they're obviously, they're not, they're using it in the uh, parochial way, not in the pejorative way. Right. Like they're, okay. they're, they're not using the hard R. They're using it like um like uh, uh like black people would use it. And it's right. um it's if that's acceptable to do online, or even how many people drop M bombs in their memes and you know they're not black and this sort of weird thing right. where I could see in the future in, in one or two generations where the words become completely normalized yeah. and there'll be all of these people running around using the N word, all these kids, and we'll be like old <laughs> fogies who are like, What, you're canceled. We'll be the ones who are like pearl clutchers. We'll be like, what? You can't say that. What the hell are you doing? I mean, it's kind of like in the way my my grandmother never stopped using the word colored, which I don't. I don't think she meant anything um, mean by it. I don't think it, it, it just wasn't a bad word to her. And it's right. funny because it used to make me cringe when I was a kid, when she would say "colored people," and I was just like, "That's such a old. That's such an old thing to say. How can you call them colored people? You're not supposed to do that anymore." But then it's funny because you go to college and they just say, "Oh, we'll just." um say it the other way around it's not colored people it's people of color right it's like well uh, <laughs> that, that's that's the only difference there's no difference i mean you're literally saying the same thing uh backwards
1: yeah but that would make sense right to to take a it, it that, so works
0: right, better right? if it doesn't make sense
1: exactly so um, i don't know
0: i could see i could see you could end up with some weird future where the n-word has become normalized but the f-word is still verboten.
1: Well, I know people who drop the N-word in a parochial sense in their DMs and stuff, DMs that I have with them that posted the black square. So, I, I mean, that might just be them trying to virtue signal, but I think that there definitely is like a Venn diagram or like this zone of acceptability with like, yes, I can use this word in like a very loose way, but also, of course... People use the n word in an ironic sense, but but we can also keep in mind that there's a very justified outrage or reason to be upset when people use it in the non-ironic sense. So
0: there used to be um, there used to be this Mexican rapper. I worked at a, a liquor store for a few years, and there used to be this Mexican rapper dude who would come in, and he would always just start freestyling, and he had no hangups about the n word. I mean, he would use it freely. And I remember kind of thinking like, oh, I, I guess that's okay. I guess, I guess uh, <laughs> this is my very white guy take on it. Yeah. That's like, oh, I guess, I guess that's okay now. I mean, he doesn't seem, it's like no one's getting mad and he doesn't seem to have any uh, compulsions about it. Uh, so I guess, I guess that's just okay. But then one day he came in doing his regular shtick um, and two black guys walked in behind him and he immediately stopped. And I I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna call him out. <laughs> but but that, I thought that was very interesting. I was like, oh, so it's not actually okay. Right. Or you, but it's like, it's weird, because it's like, okay, he thinks it's okay. In private ish, or he thinks it's okay. But then it's, it's almost worse that way, though, isn't it? Like it's okay right. to say it when they're not around, but you're they're actually in front of you. I won't
1: so I feel like maybe if those black guys were his friends and he had the n-word pass, then he could have gotten away with it. But because it's like unknown territory, then he steps back. But then you think about people like Lil Pump, who's not black, who's saying the n-word all the time, or like Takashi even. So like even on a grand scale.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's actually funny. One day I had kind of. Um... Uh, another funny experience there was this uh there's this black kid who came in and he had this big leather jacket that had a shamrock on it and it said like irish pride and it had like a map of ireland It was a really elaborate like irish pride jacket yeah. and um i just said cool jacket when he was uh when i was ringing him up and he looked at me kind of scared <laughs> he, <laughs> looked at, he looked at me kind of scared um uh, I, should, uh, I should clarify. I'm, I'm a six foot tall uh, uh, blue eyed ginger, which is code for Irish in most people's minds. Right. right. And um, he just looked at me he was like, hey, hey, man, like my grandfather was Irish. I'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything. OK, like I respect it. OK. <laughs> and I was like, no, dude, it's OK. I think your jacket is cool.
1: Right. So it goes both ways then.
0: That's a, well, I think that's the only uh, one of the only experiences I could think of in my life where it went the other way. He was was like almost afraid I was going to try to cancel him for being poser Irish or something.
1: Right. Cultural appropriation. Like, how dare you?
0: How dare you appropriate?
1: (laughs) The shamrock. That's the thing. Why isn't there more outrage about St. Patrick's Day where like everyone for one day claims to be Irish and that's okay? Can you explain that to me? Do you know? I,
0: I think it's because one, because bottom line is Irish people are white. That, that would they
1: weren't a like, hundred years ago <laughs> yeah here's the
0: thing people say that, that that the irish weren't really white and it's like yes catholics catholics were definitely looked down on you know there were definitely like i would still say persecution or hatred of the irish was more classist it was never truly racialized true there was never a time where they were actually like where irish people were actually considered officially non-white that didn't exist. But then I also hear people try to say that there's people who try to argue that the persecution of the Irish or the, that the, the oppression of the Irish is a myth. And that is not true. You know, it's right. like there was definitely, for a long time, you know, the Klan would target Catholics. There was huge anti-Catholic discrimination. Obviously, Ireland itself was, um, was colonized, was patrician. Um, Irish people in America uh, did experience um, a, a certain degree of discrimination.
1: Well, I've seen signs that say Irish need not apply and, you know, from photographs like way back in the day, so.
0: Yeah, and I've heard, you know, I've heard people argue that those, you know, that wasn't as prevalent as it gets remembered. And it's sort of, I don't know, it's, there is some truth to it that a lot of new immigrants to America... Um, have all sort of uh, have this chip on their shoulder that comes kind of from first, immig- uh, first generation immigrants who remember what it was like to be an outsider and that it gets exaggerated over time into like right. an oppression. And I could see there being some truth to that, but there's also just recorded cases of, you know, churches being burned, of people being beaten, of people, you know, having things stolen from them. My grandfather got his, you know, wages stolen from him when he was a, a groundskeeper. It was almost certainly because he was an Irish Catholic, and they were just like, "We don't want to pay this guy." That kind of thing. Right. Like, I think that that stuff definitely existed.
1: Right. So yeah, it gets cloudy. It gets,
0: yeah. yeah. It I mean, but it just gets a little bit cloudy because then the issue is is that uh, at least in the United States, we measure everything by by the oppression of Black America. Let me say, you know, so it's like if anyone says anything about how their group had a bad time in America, it's like, oh, well, Well, are you (laughs) you trying to say, are you trying to say that you had it as bad as black people? Well, of course not, like that would be ridiculous. Obviously, you know, there 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 was indentured servants who were Irish, but there was no Irish slavery, for example, like that sort of thing.
1: Well, that's not very intersectional of them, is it? To make oppression relative to other forms of, I guess if it's just racial
0: then if you don't well that's that's the thing is that (laughs) intersectionality in theory makes sense people can have you know um people can have a hard time for more than one reason fine but it just in practice in my experience it's like it's always just a game of let's not talk about class let's talk about everything but class and who does that benefit i think that just benefits rich kid grad students really
1: right or the elizabeth
0: warrens of the world
1: i'm glad that blew up in her face like I, I, I liked her ish. I mean, I don't like any of them, but uh, I'm glad that that she got called out for it. And- okay.
0: But this is, it's the same. It's it, to me, it's very similar to Justin Trudeau because why, why does Elizabeth Warren get a free pass? Because she didn't just claim to have some Native American heritage. I don't know how it is in Canada. Everyone in America claims to have some Native American heritage, right? Yeah. So, on its surface, it doesn't really sound that bad if that's if that's all she said, you know, oh, I, I have a Cherokee, you know, uncle or something, whatever. People always say shit like this. Uh, even black Americans usually say <laughs> that they have some they have some Native uh, Native American ancestry. Right. That in and of itself isn't so bad. But that's not what she did. She claimed to be the first woman of color um, professor. Uh, she like she definitely used affirmative action to get work and uh, and identified that way openly like what she did in Uh, my opinion is really yeah yeah what she did in my opinion is much worse than what rachel dolezal did or it's at least just as bad yeah you 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 intentionally misrepresented yourself uh or, or really really exaggerated if you want to be super generous you really exaggerated your relationship to that group or that community in order to get a job in order to get things
1: right she did it to enrich herself Whereas Rachel Dolezal was working for like the N I, I actually watched a documentary about her and like I think she's a little bit crazy, but yeah, that's a that's an interesting comparison to make because I actually think that but I actually think that she was doing a lot for the local black community and like I don't know just like relations over there. Then people want to give her credit for it because she just sounded so crazy with saying that she identified as black. I think there was a lot of childhood trauma there too that was unresolved and. The whole thing was very messy, but
0: in any case, it's like somebody like Dolezal, um Even if even if what she did was fraudulent, to me that is small potatoes compared to somebody who is running for president. At least in terms of how how egregious um, that to be. And then more than anything else, the thing that always makes me angry is just the hypocrisy of it. If again, if anybody, if like Bernie Sanders, had claimed to be Native American and later got called out for it <laughs> like do you can you imagine what like msnbc and what all of the like warren stands would have said
1: right yeah they would have come for yeah they would have, yeah, they, would it have
0: they would have been they would have gone ballistic and there's absolutely nothing there's absolutely nothing bernie sanders could have said that would yeah. have appeased them
1: how did how did elizabeth get out of it
0: she claimed um well she did a dna test and found out that she's like any native american heritage she had was very, very 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 tiny not really more than the average you know american whose family's been in this country for more than a generation and i think she went and visited a native american tribe and you know apologized and and and, and did all of that and you know that's great but again it's like the, the hypocrisy of canceling people for things that in my opinion are much less egregious than what she did and she just gets a slap on the wrist because she's because she's Liz, I you know it, it's the same it's it's similar with Justin Trudeau. it's completely hypocritical how it's applied
1: so what do you think would happen in a scenario where someone who doesn't come from the same position of privilege and isn't a darling of the left to begin with is being cancelled, and they bring attention to those people who should have been cancelled because they did something worse than they did like how do you think that would play out?
0: I think that they try a lot, right? Because I know that there's people on the right who, um, who bring this up as much as they possibly can. It just doesn't stick because for their audience, you know, they don't care. Like a right-wing audience, they, I, I, they, don't, they don't care as much about um, blackface or pretending to be Native American or this sort of thing. Right. Um, and then a left-wing audience was just going to say, well, you guys are Nazis anyway, so we don't right. have to listen to any- <laughs> yeah. your, your criticism is uh, just doesn't, is a non-starter.
1: Right, it's just
0: moot. It's also interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see once the social cost gets high enough where it's like you and I will be just as canceled as Miley Yiannopoulos and Rachel Dolezal and all the rest of them where it just becomes like, <laughs> what happens when everyone is canceled pill for almost next to nothing?
1: What do you mean for just saying? The the, most? Con- the
0: conversation we've just had is already enough to get us canceled for life yeah, in some sense. That's
1: what, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs>
0: So it's like there's no, and like, like, like I said earlier, there's no, there's no possible way that as I, as my audience grows, uh, that if somebody wanted to cancel me, that they're not going to be able to find things to cancel me over. How uh, do you think
1: you're going to deal with that situation? Do you have like a, do you have a game plan?
0: My, my game plan is just to be pre-canceled. Right. That's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation with you, where it's just like, I'm already cancel-pilled. You could already go through things that I've said and already find so many things that are so um, relatively offensive, right? I right. guess, and, and you know, it's like, I don't, I, I, I don't really care about being in academia anymore. I don't care about, I, I, I'm certainly not interested in running for public office or anything like that. <laughs> so I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be canceled. But I also think that, it, it, to me, it seems inevitable um, though I, I hadn't considered your scenario, but to me, it yeah. seems inevitable that everyone will be canceled. Like it, we're, we're, we're headed towards a canceled future, which is not going to matter anymore. Another funny thing is, is if you want to get really apocalyptic, you could say <laughs> that if the economy gets worse and life gets harder and the environment deteriorates more, like all of the, the whole discourse that we're having today will just be seen as a form of, of decadence. Yeah. Like no one will even care or even remember what getting canceled was. It just won't even be on people's radar anymore.
1: That's the thing, right? Like when you ask me, are we going to be the old fogies and our grandchildren are going to make fun of us? That's assuming we're going to even have grandchildren because (laughs) people are still going to be like fertile or like not in pods or something or just incinerated to death because Yellowstone. Who,
0: who, who Who cares about cancel pilled if everyone's just black pilled?
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's the I'm that's my thing though I feel like my black pillness supersedes my fear of being cancelled because I think that down the line none of this is even gonna make any difference and not because we'll all collectively have been cancelled but because we're just gonna have bigger shit on our plate to deal with
0: I, you know what now that my now that my my uh, emotional labor cryptocurrency might actually already be coming into fruition from somebody else, maybe it's time to switch gears and and finally give up on that dream and maybe it's time to just focus on cancel pilling as many people as we possibly can <laughs>
1: accelerate
0: accelerated cancellation where everybody everybody will just join one um they'll just join i guess they'll probably an instagram maybe a twitter and uh one day once we get however many million followers we'll just say all right now is the time to repost the most Grace. cancelable
1: yeah.
0: the most can we will we'll now release the cancel virus
1: <laughs> it's nice to think about i mean that's but that's a lot of power to give one person you know being able to do that i feel like you we could get a lot of people to like grovel mercy in the lead up to that and like somehow enrich ourselves if we were so so inclined.
0: I don't want a dime. I just want An everyone to I just want everyone to be canceled. Yeah. If if you know it's remember that um that's that old quote if uh freedom is outlawed only outlaws will be free. Yeah. If everyone is canceled and nobody's if, canceled. If everyone's canceled nobody's canceled. Yeah. And then in the meantime only the canceled are truly free.
1: Yeah. Like that, I think that's what like the cool kids club is. It's like, oh yeah, you too. Like now let's just say whatever we want because it doesn't even make a difference anymore.
0: You've already paid the cancel tax, so it's exactly.
1: over. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so but my fear is is that like you mentioned that you don't really care all that much anymore because you're not trying to go into academia or anything, or um, but I have to apply for grad school in December and I want to into something that's like slightly mental health related well not slightly mental health related like fully mental health related and I'm worried that my refusal to give up saying the word retard or <laughs> calling so <laughs> or calling something crazy or insane even though I'm gonna go private on a lot of my social media things during the uh during the application process is I don't know it's somehow gonna like come up and really really fuck me and I've basically already Completely sabotaged my chances of getting into grad school simply by having been as present online as I have been for the last literally seven weeks, so I
0: don't know i yeah I don't you know it's <laughs> I mean the, the truth is you're you're in for some shit yeah at some point you're going to get some kind of talking to i you know and I don't know if what happened at evergreen in um, other places if that's going to change the if universities once they see that if if this stuff goes too far that it can actually cost them money if they'll then start to crack down on the humanities department a little bit and make them a little bit more tolerant that maybe or maybe they'll just double down and try to go super woke be the last stand of wokeness and they'll try to cancel as many people as they can while they still can
1: well, that's what they're doing though, right? If it's all the rich grad school students who are the most woke, then they have a, they they have like a very, they have a major stake in making sure that none of this changes and that we keep going down this path for as long as possible and just intensifying their efforts if anything because as also as wealth disparity gets worse and worse and they even have more of an interest in not calling attention to any of that as people become more pissed off about it and you know bring diverting everyone's attention back to this and then not doing any research related to it
0: i often i mean i often joke quote unquote that one day we're going to find one day there's going to be some pentagon leak and we're going to find out that either intersectionality was just the sequel to Cointel pro <laughs> or or that there's going to be some internal memo where it's like, we were going to do Pro 2 but then there's this intersectionality thing that's happening, so we don't have to. Right. i almost positive that that paper is going to drop one of these days.
1: And no one will care, just like they don't with any of the papers that drop that are extremely.
0: Well, that'll bad. be the funny thing, is that mm-hmm. anybody, anybody who's kind of, um, anyone who's right-leaning will jump on that, which will be the funny thing. And then anybody who's sort of post-left, like I am, will um it's going to jump on that and then uh i'm guessing that the wokies will just say that that's some kind of psy-op.
1: yeah <laughs> things are bad things are bad
0: things are well things could be yeah. things could be worse yeah, things are going to get worse how about things, that?
1: things are going to get worse for sure I'm yeah. i actually
0: it's funny i've been pretty posi-pilled lately um no i also think <laughs> Because I also think that this, I want to at least after we just talked about all this bullshit, I want to at least give some pitch for for uh, some some kind of positive pitch and say that I I do kind of think that cancel culture is going to destroy itself. I also think that political polarization um, it might not be a psyop, but it's certainly something that's very artificial in my opinion. That most people do not live on the internet, and that even the people who do live on the internet, uh, so to speak, I don't think that they believe most of what they're saying. Uh, There's a really interesting study that was done in the US where they ask Republicans and Democrats to summarize the views of the other. Mm -hmm. And um, both Republicans and Democrats depict the other side as being much, much more extreme than they actually are. Then the same researchers ask the same people and they say, uh, if I give you, I can't remember what it is, 50 cents or a dollar for every view you summarize uh, that's actually that's actually like in their party's platform. Would you be willing to do that? And all of a sudden both sides rein it in and are much more honest about what the other side thinks. So it's like, okay, everybody's full of shit. Everybody right. knows they're full of shit and everyone will admit they're full of shit for nickels.
1: <laughs>
0: that's and I love that study because it's like it's kind of a white pill and a black pill. You're, you're right. kind of like, oh everyone, everyone's full of shit that's a black pill. But then again, everybody kind of knows it and they'll suck it up and stop acting like babies if you give them even a small incentive to it.
1: But isn't there a small incentive to do that now? as they watch the country fall apart no
0: oh well yeah Uh, excuse me i I meant i meant right now the the incentive is to stir as much shit as you possibly can so that you get as much social media clout as possible but long term yeah exactly there's an incentive to uh, be more reasonable i'm hoping that that's what happens right the only Mm -hmm. problem is is that you know as as i've um as i said this week and angered a lot of people. I I do think that Donald Trump is going to be reelected. I think Joe Biden only has like a 25% chance of getting elected. And he's supposed to be our moderate return to normalcy guy. And I don't think there could be a worse person for the job.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you think about Trump being censored everywhere and all those right wing subreddits getting taken down and stuff like that? It seems like there's a very concerted effort to
0: it's well, it, it's, out. so this is interesting because if that happens and if they ever remove Trump from Twitter, whoever starts the new right wing Twitter is going to be rich. I mean, th- all those people are going to like, the, it's funny. The Groypers. Yeah. All, well, not just the Groypers, but like the, all the boomers, all the boomers who love him and, and follow him on Twitter, they're all going to leave. Um They're, they're going to go to whatever new platform gets uh, set right. And then that's like. It's funny because Twitter could almost cancel itself that way. If enough people leave, if enough like right-leaning people leave, and then if this new platform, whatever new platform um, would accept Trump, you know what their deal is going to be is they're going to say, you can come on our platform and say anything.
1: Right. They're going to be We're the 8chan.
0: And even if, it, even if that doesn't last, even if that doesn't last, even if that's not exactly true and they do end up, um, you know, uh, deleting some accounts, that's still going to be a big enough, um, draw for people, that even people who don't necessarily like Trump or aren't even right wing, like myself, would jump right on there, too. Right. So I, I, I kind of almost hope they do cancel all of these uh, conservative pages and Twitter, because whatever comes after it might be kind of cool, actually.
1: Right. And well, there's, there's definitely theories about Twitter already being on its way out in like 2015, 2016, and then only what? being revitalized by the fact that Trump came along and was tweeting like he was.
0: Oh, Really? Yeah, I've not. I honestly haven't heard those because that's really interesting.
1: I've had, yeah, I've heard that before. I can't remember where I read it. It might have been Fortune, but, um, yeah, because if you think about it, Twitter was becoming a place where it was just journalists talking to each other, and I think it still is to a large extent. But I don't think they had as many eyes. I, I feel like right now they're given a little bit more. They're given a lot more credence just because everyone is so invested in like the commentary around Trump too that there's just so much more
0: discourse Mm. it would be really funny to find out that uh, Trump saved Twitter and that Twitter just couldn't admit it
1: (laughs) is there a way of finding out I I guess you can look at like active users
0: I this would be truly amazing Twitter can't cancel Trump because that would cancel Twitter yeah it's like some insane nursery rhyme
1: (laughs) (laughs) here let's see when did Twitter come out was it 2012
0: 2012, 2011, it's funny, I remember people writing articles kind of making fun of it and saying that people would not be limited to um, 250 characters or whatever it was, uh, whatever yeah. the original limit on Twitter was, and that the uh, the guy who started it was full of himself for thinking that everyone would want to share their opinions, blah, blah, and none, none of that shit has age well. kind of like with criticism of the internet, <laughs> or thinking that it was a fad, it, it, it vastly exceeded people's expectations.
1: So, I'm looking at an article that has kind of a timeline of Twitter usage and different metrics. And there's a chart that shows the percent of verified tweets and verified accounts. And the number completely explodes in 2016. Hmm. Maybe I don't know if even that was an incentive to get people to stay on the platform. Because now if you've published even one article, you can get verified and that's going to keep you on it because who doesn't want to be verify yeah who doesn't want their blue yeah. check mark um
0: yeah. huh so trump was just a psyop created by twitter god. i i i was just looking at this article about how um only only 10 percent of twitter's users actively tweet yeah, Something like that. And and it's like, it's oh, of course, it's going to be the most it's going to be the most opinionated people, because I always try to, here, here's another white pill, since we're on the subject, I always try to remind people that bad world syndrome is a very real thing. And bad world syndrome is just the fact that the media and social media in general tend to focus on negative things. So if that's what you're looking at all day, you're only seeing the collected negativity of the world every day. And it gives you just a general idea, even if you're aware of it, it just gives you a general feeling of everything being a lot more negative than it actually is. Hmm. There's the thing. People don't want to be too positive because they feel like being, trying to stay positive is being naive or stupid. And I definitely, I, I can definitely see why. But it's also like, you don't want to go too edgelord and end up becoming kind of like an intellectual neckbeard.
1: But what if, what if you can be black pilled and positive at the same time? Like, what if you know that because of the... Oh, that's called, works-
0: di- that's called dialectical pilled. Yeah, that's Hegel pilled.
1: <laughs> that's Hegel pilled. Yeah, because that's, I feel like that's the point that I'm trying to reach because I've been doom scrolling for so many years <laughs> that I, my brain is completely rotted and I can't even... Did you just say doom scrolling? To... Yeah. I've
0: never heard that one before.
1: That's good, huh? <laughs> I like it. Doomscrolling
0: yeah. is definitely. Uh, I'm gonna be hashtagging that a lot now.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing it for so long that there's holes in my brain, and I can't even <laughs> attempt to convince myself that things are going to be okay. So now I just have to like try and make my peace with what's going to be happen, and do that thing where they talk about in like red pill circles, which is like enjoy the decline or like MGTOW, where they're just yeah. like, huh, huh, yeah, man, like women or children, just like huh, enjoy the decline, like you know fuck pussy
0: whatever the fuck i don't know well don't fuck pussy actually (laughs) adamant right
1: well they don't advocate celibacy they just advocate not being in a relationship with them no
0: most mig uh from my understanding what i've seen in mig there's one guy um i'm not gonna say his name but there's one guy who uh, i watched on youtube for a little while and he was very adamant about you need to give up sex entirely
1: just wow
0: And masturbation too. So like really, like you just need to become fully, fully self. You need to embrace this monk thing. And he wasn't saying it was weird because it was like he was saying that we're now at a point in his. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to make it some kind of religious thing where it's about purity and transcendence. I mean, maybe a little bit, but he was specifically saying that we're at some point in history where you just have to give it up entirely. That there's absolutely you should not be in, you should not be engaging in the other sex, uh, physically or visually.
1: Because you're somehow enabling whatever it is that's going on.
0: Right. You're going, you're, it's, it's just beta through, through and through, which is funny because it's, that's where, that's where a lot of this MGTOW kind of manosphere stuff starts to go back to like the older Greek homosexuality where it's like the... (laughs) you know, yes, you reproduce with women, but the highest form of sex is between two men, right? Because men men are gold and women are silver. So, you know, gold and silver is good and necessary, but gold and gold is the best.
1: Right. What could be more Chad than fucking another dude?
0: (laughs) There's nothing more Chad. There's nothing more Chad than fucking another Chad.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just, just two Chads having a good time. (laughs) But, uh, why was I? Why was I even talking about MGTOW? We,
0: well, we've we've been off the rails for at least oh, yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes, so don't don't worry about it. Don't worry about it.
1: Okay, it's gone then.
0: I, I, what's interesting with MGTOW, though is that that's sort of like self cancellation. Right. Um, so you're just which,
1: opting out.
0: Yeah, it's this big opt out thing, and then it's it's funny because there's always there's always a um, a female separatist, kind of lesbian separatist uh, strain on the on the feminist left right like women who are saying any relationship with a man is a form of rape right this sort of thing any like men men are all like emo- like men are born incomplete they stay incomplete like scum manifesto um, right. and there's just there's no point in consorting with them at all we have to go form our own thing and then it's funny you know when when men say the same thing and they go well Cool. Uh, you, you know, I agree that gender should go their separate ways. I'm going to literally go into my man cave and play video games till I die, and I'll never have to listen to a woman tell me to pick my shit up ever again.
1: Right. And then we get so mad about it. Like, no, you can't do that.
0: <laughs> how dare you leave? Yeah. <laughs>
1: come back, love me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Come, come back here so I can shit on you more.
1: Right. I think Andrea Dorkin used to talk about that a lot how, like, all sex is rape. And then there was that, like, lesbian separatist movement, or it was just like political lesbianism where like you want to fuck a dude but like is that kind of horseshoe like back to the to the greek thing with dudes fucking dudes where you're just like okay like i i am so rejecting or i so reject the other sex that i'm just going to go in the other direction and like start fucking the gender that i'm not actually into is that a thing <laughs> i don't know it, dude. If, if it's
0: not a thing it's about to be a thing <laughs> right okay so we are coming up on the better part of two hours and i am out of questions so if there is anything you want to shamelessly plug anything you uh, else you want to talk about um any anything that you wanted to say that you didn't get to say how about it
1: okay um first of all please don't cancel me uh, any of the views that I expressed in the last two hours are not my own. Uh, <laughs> the, the Wait, you say this was
0: satire the entire time? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say this entire podcast is satire. Right. Everything we yeah. do is satire.
1: Yeah. Um, I haven't taken anything seriously in 15 years. Please don't take me seriously. Um, what else? Check out my memes on that intimate feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, hmm.
0: You got a podcast, right? you got at least one episode up, right?
1: Yes, so follow me on Instagram at that intimate feeling. I have a really cute, really cerebral, really cerebral, really sensitive podcast, and uh, it's not at all like what you heard for the last two hours <laughs> <laughs> which is which is actually true. Um, it's very earnest and there's not a hint of irony in it, but then also follow my podcast page on instagram where it is completely ironic. And I talk about how racism is a good thing and that diversity is gay. So, you know, there's, there's something for everybody, really. There's a definite mass appeal. All
0: yeah. right, so go, go check out that intimate feeling um, as fast as you can before it gets canceled.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, if this blows up in my face, I'm going to be so upset. I... Well,
0: we'll, well, we'll get canceled together. But in any case, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Yasmin.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun.